Hey everybody, this is Chris from Sorcerer. You're watching CMS TV. Metal. Chris Aiken presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and it is time to get heavy, folks. Uh, this this album will kick you in the nuts. It is a vicious, vicious record. It is called Terracite. It is the band Cattle Decapitation, one of my favorites. And on to talk all about it is the guitarist of the band, Mr. Josh Elmore. Josh, how are you, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Well, Josh, I'm going to tell you right up the start. Maybe a month ago, I guess it was, I was on the TV show singing the praises of the new Chelsea Grin album, Suffer in Heaven. I just couldn't stop saying, this is going to be album of the year. This is going to be album of the year. I know mm -hmm. it's early, but it's album of the year. Mm -hmm. Then comes your record, and I'm like, okay, within a month, I have to eat my words because <laughs> this is the album of the year now, replacing that. This album is so good. It's what you guys do but with a lot of differences to it like it's it's the first really shift i think that i've ever heard in your music so mm -hmm. let's start let's kind of start there man tell us a little bit about terracite it comes you know a few years now after death atlas what changed or what i mean obviously the pandemic hits yeah what was it that changed with you guys to write something that has so many twists and turns from the previous work I think, I mean, when we, when we went in to uh, start talking about writing for this record, which was, like I said, Death Atlas came out. It was at the end of um, 2019, pandemic hit. And then we were basically like everyone else shut down to where we were like making these, you know, sort of guesses like, oh, we'll be back on the road. What? July, August 2020. And we all know how that turned out. So right. around June, we decided like, well, we just put out a record not too long ago, but who knows how long this is going to last and all these other factors. So let's start kind of writing casually at that point. But it got, of course, you know, busier as we went on. Um, so we, we were all discussing like, okay, what, you know, do we want to do anything differently or, you know, what's some stuff we'd like to emphasize this time or whatever. And um, uh, Dave McGraw, our drummer, had mentioned, uh, he said, I want to spend a little more time. Like everyone knows we can play just ripping fast. You know, that's not something, not that we're trying to prove ourselves with that, but it's just like, that's a, you know, known part of our, you know, toolkit, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, so his suggestion was, I want to get a lot more into just uh, more conventional heaviness and groove oriented parts and stuff where he could really stretch with his fills and, you know, doing a lot of, you know, maybe some polyrhythmic stuff um, on his end. 
and just have space. Um, Travis suggested, um, like as far as the album itself is concerned, uh, not song by song, uh, he was saying, let's just kind of make this, here's, you know, X and whatever song, amount of songs it would end up being, which was 10, but so like X amount of songs, let's just have song, 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 song. Let's not have a huge intro here. Let's not have bumpers or any sort of ambient um, things in between. It's just, here's the songs. And then on my end, my sort of suggestion was I really wanted to explore more of the um, atmospheric guitar um, parts that I was, you know, I've been doing not, this wasn't a new thing, you know, on Death Atlas. I've been doing it before and kind of built up Death Atlas where I was able to do more because we, that with that record, we had another guitar player. So it wasn't just, you know, we could be a point counterpoint to things. Sure. So with uh, Terracide, I really wanted to bring that, not necessarily to the forefront, but just have a lot more of a presence of it and, you know, just support the songs and support the, you know, these sort of fundamental riffs that were part of each individual song. So we all kind of, I don't want to say like we had to shake on it and agree, but that was just kind of thing. Okay, we're going to try this. And then as we got deeper into the songwriting, um, I was able to, you know, incorporate, you know, various effects and have a lot of layering where, you know, there was guitar that almost, you know, that was like on the recording is like bowed. Like I was using an ebow on a lot of parts to where it gives an almost a, I don't want to say orchestral, that's a bit much, but just like right. multiple layers to where there's like this depth to it and richness. And then I used some effects that had like a human, I don't say human voice, but like a sort of choir effect, not a chorus, like guitar chorus is usually like a choir effect, you know, with lots of delay on it and reverb. So it has this almost like hall legion sort of sound to it. Um, so on my end, that's one of the things I contributed. And then I think just in general, the songs, uh, there was a little more, I don't say like a, a, con a conscientious emphasis, but it was just like a, a little more grandiosity um, sure. to them. You know, to where it wasn't like, you know, we started some of that on Death Atlas. I mean, the, the, we've had that for the past several records, but I mean, mm -hmm. really on this terror side, it was a lot more realized um, to where you have these sort of big open sections um, where, you know, you can see almost like a sort of soundtrack quality to it or like, you know, a sort of, you know, film score, you know. Sure. Sort of thing. And that's, that's something that I like, whether we were conscious of it or not, I think, uh, it sort of seeped into our, you know, our writing. So I think this is, you know, maybe the beginning of exploring that this isn't to be the iceberg or it's like, okay, you know, this is now another, like another tool. Like I said, mentioned the speed earlier, we can right. bring this in when we want and hopefully just, yeah, enhance and bolster just the fundamental riffs and parts of the songs that we'll be writing. Sure. Do you think if, if you hadn't had the pandemic time, that this would have been a very different record because if there wasn't a pandemic time, you would have done what you guys do, which is release the record tour for a year, get right back to it. Not as much time to tinker with the sound a little bit. So I I'm always yeah. thinking now that bands, everybody that's putting things out have, it, it's really interesting at this point in time, so many bands have kind of a different wrinkle or a different flavor to what they've mm -hmm. done because of that extra time that you almost never had before. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, anytime in the past where we've had like very rarely do we have a ton of time, but in the past, I think we, I think the, the, the most notable, I think, example of that was after, even though it was only two years, uh, after To Serve Man to Humanure, you know, the touring we did to Serve Man wasn't like super, super extensive. We did like maybe like two U.S. tours and that, you know, we didn't go to Europe on that record, maybe a little dip into Mexico, but that's it. So we were pretty much like, okay, we've done this, let's get writing. So for that, for Human Air, we had a ton of time. So it was just like, with that, I mean, granted, we were, you know, earlier stages of our, you know, kind of 
writing capabilities or whatever, different musicians than basically um, compared to now. Um, but that one almost like we had too much time because we kind of went back and said, well, let's just do more guitar track. Let's do more of this. And so it ended up being dense, but in a way that wasn't like, you know, as edited as we could have made it, you know, sure. um, but with more recent times and with the pandemic, I think like we, yeah, we had more time, but at the same time, um, like our individual sort of, you know, personal circumstances, I guess you could say, kind of didn't allow for like, you know, it wasn't like we were in the practice room three or four days a week writing new songs and over this vast, massively larger amount of time, you know, three out of the five of us don't live uh, in San Diego. Okay. So there was, you know, a bit of commuting, you know, we ended up, Dave and I arranged it um, once a month. Uh, we would meet up and just, you know, three or four days, just hit it all day those days, you know, over the course of maybe a little over a year. And, or maybe yes, 14 months or 16, 15 months. And that's how the album was written. You know, we'd send stuff back and forth, but it wasn't like one of those where we all have our little workstations. We're sending huge chunks of songs put together. It was more like, oh, here's a riff or two I have. What do you think? Oh, here I recorded right. this on my phone in a echoey room. If you can even tell what's going on, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So we're very much either, I don't want to say old school would be like saying we're making a conscious choice toward that, which we sort of are, but a lot of it's just sort of, oh, that's the way I've always done it. I'm just going to, hit record on my phone and just like, here, check this out. So we weren't doing, you know, constructing the record remotely and then coming up together just to practice. We were just constructing it in person, Okay. doing what we always done in person, staring each other in the face, throwing things against the wall, trying riffs, bringing it in that way. It just, because of the travel, uh, that's what kind of, you know, complicated matters. Sure. So, so it was like, we had more time duration wise, but, it you know we did not at the same time it was almost like it was not rushed but it was oh crap you know make it worth it your while when you're there and right you know fortunately as stressful as it is we tend to work really well or at least the result is well i don't say we work well but the result is good when we're super kind of back against the wall on things right and it kind of distills down any sort of like you know sort of hesitance in certain things it's like no you got to do it now now so like okay you know and you kind of <laughs> force your, you just kind of like get rid of all this chaff that you have in your head and just try to focus. So, you sure. know, we had a ton of time, but then we didn't because of other circumstances. So I don't know really what it led us to, you know, beyond what I discussed earlier with like making conscious sort of like little evolutionary changes um, in this, either the components of the songs or certain aspects of the songwriting. Um, okay. I really can't explain it. You know, right. we didn't make a concerted effort to like, change anything dramatically sure and now i know you you're probably starting to see this i'm starting to see it with the reviews that are starting to get out there a lot of people are calling this like deathcore which i think is just not right you know i think that's i don't know who these people are or what they're i mean granted they don't have to know or care about our personal music histories yeah. just to to have that opinion but yeah. i'm like what are you even talking about <laughs> yeah i i mean it's to me and again this is one opinion I will say it's more catchy than some okay. of the other stuff. I think it's some of the songs will play to people that like deathcore. I think, mm -hmm. but to call which I mean, it's still very traditional death metal in most of the parts. You mm -hmm. know, for for you guys, do you when you see that and you see kind of a misclassification of what you're mm -hmm. doing. Do you look at that as as hurtful to you know to you because it's trying to classify you almost in a, a trendy thing instead yeah. of what you guys are? Yeah, I, I would I would think it'd be more like you just said. I would be more annoyed because then that implies that we're like, oh, 
you know, they're trying to jump on something to see what mm -hmm. they can milk out of it. And it's like, absolutely not the case. Like, I mean, you, you can't, I mean, I do, but you can't not pay attention to like other, you know, whatever's going on in the sure. other parts of the music world you're in. I know like myself and a couple of the other guys, you know, don't care about it at all. Don't pay attention to that stuff at all. Sure. Um, I'm not saying it's an advisable position to take, but I'm just saying, <laughs> right. We just don't pay attention at all. I don't, I'm just, I just don't care. You know, I don't even pay attention to that stuff. I mean, it's more of like something I'll skim past in the news site or like maybe read it about it, but not retain any of it or care. It's just like, you know, whatever else what's going on, I guess. Um, so it's not, none of us at any point in time made any effort for a, to approach like, Oh, we should really pay attention to this band, man. They've got a really good thing going. Let's try to jump on some of that. Absolutely not. I think maybe I'm being, you know, maybe I'm um, being presumptuous about this, but it's almost like, I think a lot of those bands, maybe some of the deathcore bands that like people are like, Oh, this sounds deathcore. Well, maybe they were influenced by some of the things we're doing. Yeah. And if they did that, it's associated with that band because if they have the higher profile than we do and then, Oh, well, Cattle's just trying to jump on that. Like, I don't think so. You know, so I, right. you know, regardless of what we listen to personally, it, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think like you mentioned, like some of it's catchier, I guess you could say. Sure. But I don't, I don't know why that's any, like trying to write the best songs you can with replay value and not changing your style, how that's somehow seen as like some sort of slight, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, oh, you're doing stuff that like people just replay value in. It's not just like a jumble of notes that don't mean anything. Oh, that's obviously selling out. You know, but there is that happy <laughs> medium between like bands and obviously you're definitely trying to like pander to like the wider public appeal. Sure. And then others that are just like, oh, we, you know, trying to do the best we can. And if it happens to be latched, not latched onto or appreciated by whomever, that's not on us, you know. Right. Well, yeah, and, well, it, it, and it's so weird to try and pander this style of music for the bands that do do that. It is such mm -hmm. a weird thing. Cause this is never in a zillion years, you're never going to have Metallica success and Metallica fish doing this. You know, this is meant for the people that don't like mass appeal, you know, yeah, that like exactly. underground music. It's, it's always weird to me when people are, they all of a sudden adjust and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's a, there's a, I don't want to say gatekeeping because that's a very, you know, nowadays sort of term, but like, I don't know if you, if you don't evolve some way with your music or you're trying to push yourself, whatever that means, whatever mm -hmm. means to your band, if sure. you're not doing that in some way, then what's the point? True. You know, it's like some bands may have like a, at the earlier part of their careers have some success or their biggest success. And then they spend the rest of it, you know, trying to live up to whatever album they put out when they were 25. And they're right. now, you know, my age, which is late forties or whatever. They're trying to just do that over and over. And it's just like, you're coasting for two, two plus decades, you know, right? you know, we've regardless of like, Oh, this album was well-reviewed or well-received, you know, we're still like, okay, cool. Well, let's still, you know, keep certain elements, but let's continue to progress and learn from, you know, and grow as musicians and not, you know, just kind of lean back on that because otherwise you're just like, you might as well be doing, you know, I mean, people don't do this much anymore, but like top 40 covers, you know, and just, right. kinda, you know, and just <laughs> lean back on that, you know? Right. Definitely. No, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right, man. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Josh, let's take a little break here and um, give people one of the tastes that you've given us of one of the catchier songs on the record. We mm-hmm. you're young, certainly brutal as hell, but, um, yeah. but, it, but it is a little bit, you know, I know the first time I heard it, I had to double take. I was like, Oh, this is, this is a new wrinkle, you know? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this song and this video to, to lead into this. Well, for We Are Young, I mean, it, it, it is probably, I mean, the entire record is the most straightforward song, I think. Sure. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit of elements of kind of maybe Harvest Floor era cattle, you know, style. Um, so it's a little more straight, well, rhythmically, it's more straightforward, just like two speeds, rip and halftime, <laughs> right. you know, um, but it definitely is one of like the more straightforward structured songs. And when we were talking about like what to release first, uh, cause there's going to be multiple, there's like five singles on this record. Okay. <laughs> so we have one actually coming out here and another one coming out in fugues with a video and everything. And then later on in the air, another song, another video, another song, another video, that kind of thing. Cool. Um, but we were discussing weed are young and it's like, it's going to throw people. Cause if they're expecting, you know, 10 songs of just that straightforwardness where I would see comments after that came out as a single people are like, Oh, thank God. There's not any of the melodic stuff. It's just all brutal. It's like, Mm -hmm. hold on, (laughs) give me a minute or give us a minute, you know? So we, we, you know, we kind of like was a little hesitant that it's like, well, we don't want it to misrepresent the entire record, but it's almost like, you know what, for people who, you know, I don't see Renee saying, but had some sort of like, Oh, it's, let me guess. They're going to have some huge big chorus action. And it's going to be catchy. No, let's just do a ripper right out of the gate. Right. That maybe people get like, oh, this is intriguing. Is this the whole record going to be like this? The answer is no. But if we were to release, say, the second song we did, uh, Scourge of the Offspring, if we were to release that first, is the record, rest record going to be like that? No. You know, yeah. so it's, we were at the point where it's like, well, let's just put out this brutal song and then see what happens. And the response is really good. And then after Scourge came out, which we were kind of like a little bit, you know, they're like, oh, well, the people that wanted just a straight up pedal to the floor, brutal stuff, they're going to be not bummed out, but just kind of like, Oh, Oh, you know, but the response to that song has been great. You know? So I think all of us were kind of like a mixture of happy, surprised and relieved. <laughs> right. Wasn't, you know, people having, of course there's people who are like, oh, what's this? you know, but sure. whatever. So yeah, I think uh, we are young is kind of a, all of us would say an interesting choice for a first song, but it, it makes all the sense of the world because it's kind of this lone wolf song out of everything it's just this you know kind of paint peeling ripper of a song so we're like right. why not right well let's give people a taste of it right now this is weed are young it is cattle decapitation right here on chris aiken presents Yeah. 
That was Cattle Decapitation with Weed Are Young from the new release, Terrace Site, which is out. When is it out, Josh? May 12th. May the 12th. Uh, so definitely buy it. And I and I say this on every interview I do, no matter what kind of music it is. You definitely want to buy it. But I specifically, more than more than my usual hammering of the fans to buy it, not stream it, I would say with what you guys are doing, it's important because you guys have put out just or are putting out just a flood of different types of of uh, physical product. What is there like ten or eleven different different things? There's splatters yeah, there's and there's clears like, and... because everyone's so like I mean not in the traditional sense of vinyl collecting where like all of us mm -hmm. probably did at a certain age and up. Sure, uh, but now it's like people love to have like these like. That's like collectible, you know, the colors and stuff like that, which mm -hmm. of course that's always been around, but now more than ever, um, since no one's really, or very few people are relatively interested in the CDs anymore. And, you know, obviously cassettes are now just still a novelty, you know, like, right. oh, they did a cassette for this? Yeah. Whoa. You know, right. the vinyl is like this thing that people go to shows and maybe they won't even listen to the physical thing. They'll just like frame it on their wall and put the vinyl out just a little bit so they can see the cool colors or everything like that. Um, but those things like sell just as much, if not probably actually, no, I shouldn't say just as much way more than CDs do now. Sure. So, uh, we just figured, you know, we have tons of options for that. And, you know, people always want to see when bands put out a new record, like, oh, what's the, what colors the vinyl is going to be? And, you know, how crazy can they make the, you know, the, uh, sort of color combinations and the patterns and everything. So yeah, we're putting out a, a you know, a bunch of different versions. I mean, there's like us releases there's the eu releases that have like all mm -hmm. different colors and everything so it's for collectors uh if there's like some you know we have some friends we have friends of the band who are pretty obsessive collectors for multiple bands but us being one of them sure they'll go and buy like all versions of it nice. i'm like i think each one of us maybe have one version of each if that you know okay but it's not like we're going like oh i have this purple swirl oh, this is amazing it's more like oh cool you know whereas other folks are just really dedicated which we of course infinitely respect and love you know but it's it's pretty crazy out there if you want to get into every different version right know, of things so it's uh yeah it's it's pretty nuts so so people can really go off the deep end if they want you know? absolutely do you think and i'm making an assumption that could be very false but um do you think that death metal fans as a whole are much more likely to buy physical product than stream it. Cause I, I just, you know, every time I go to a death metal show, there's, there's a hundred guys that are holding an album, mm -hmm. a disc, whatever, where if I go to, I don't know, seven dust or something, you know, yeah, yeah. it ain't the same. Do you find that, that the death metal fans do still appreciate physical product more than I think so. Other kind? I think it's, there's such a, like a, a rich and, like kind of loving uh, sentiment for the genre amongst, you know, the fans. It's not just like, it, you can't, you can't be like a casual fan of it. You know, I mean, right. some people maybe, but you don't just have like, Oh, I have a couple death metal songs on my playlist next to whatever. It's like, you know, you, if you're into it, you're into it. So right. I think, and they know how both historically and then, you know, in the past several years, like how much it helps to support bands. Granted, if you're buying an actual album, there's the whole econo you know, the sort of economics of like, you sure. know, where that money trickles to and how many, you know, hands take it before the band does. But it, you know, I mean, that's still support. So I think metal fans like, oh, we know, you know, most of you guys are, you know, 
have to work when you're not on tour or whatever it is, you know, sure. it's like there's, there's this element of kind of like, um, it's I like don't a know, community like, really. It's, it's, exactly. community. it's a community yeah. sort of thing. And so they're more willing to, you know, like kind of contribute or support in that way. So yeah, I definitely think so. It's not just another song in a playlist, you know, I mean, I'm, there's yeah. certain people or not certain, but those people of course have like these thousands and thousands of songs on a playlist and that's how they consume their music, which is the reality of how sure. most young people especially do things. So, you know, we're going to see, you know, we've known obviously in the past 20 years by now, there's, you know, changes are happening, but there's going to be just more and more, especially with, you know, our albums a viable sort of thing anymore. Because mm -hmm. so many people just want, you're a song in a playlist, you're not this album. But I still think metal people really do appreciate the album sort of format and want to listen to something as a complete statement. You know, right. versus a skipping around from song to song, you're just, you know, at this song on a list, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and no, I, I agree totally. And, and, and you know, as somebody that listens to a lot of everything, you know, I'm the same way. I can have a playlist with a bunch of onesie twosies of kind of, mm -hmm. I'll call them pop metal bands, but, you yeah, know, yeah. but then, but death metal is one of those. I, I think part of it is you got to be in the mood. You, if you're not oh, yeah. in the mood to listen to death metal, then you're just not in the mood. And if you're in the mood, you just want to put something on and get pummeled for Immersed a half hour, in. 45 yeah. minutes or whatever it exactly. is. Exactly. You know, it's not something if you have, like, like I said, the one or two death metal songs on a playlist, you're yeah. like, Oh, is that sulfur Aeon? Turn it up, you know, or yeah. whatever it's, it's, it's something you have to kind of like you're committing to. You know? mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, dude, we're talking about touring. So let's talk about you guys touring. You're getting ready to go out. I'm assuming this is not the only tour of the year, but um, tell it, tell us about the uh, tour that's coming up and what's going on for the rest of the year. And I'm assuming into next year. Yeah, we have a, a, a tour coming up um, uh, May 11th. We actually start it right before the record okay. comes out um, begins in Santa Ana, California at the observatory. And it runs for just a hair under a month, uh, finishes actually on the 10th of June in LA. So we do the whole big circuit, you know, beginning right. in Southern California, but it's, yeah, the full U S um, couple dips into Canada, you know, of course, Canada gets, it's just like, Oh, we're in Canada. Oh, we're in Canada. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, Montreal, uh, Toronto, and then Vancouver for this, but uh, it's with a uh, dark funeral, 200 stab wounds and, um, black braid. Oh, so yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a kind of it's decibel. Decibel's the uh, sort of parent sponsor um, of that okay. uh, of that tour. So uh, you know, nice big venues and good production and everything like that. So uh, people should you know come and check it out. Every band's like you know, I mean, Tuner Stablins is kind of the one of the leaders of the whole you know younger guys playing old school death metal you know kind of thing. And Black Braid is a, a kind of I don't say new on the scene. They've probably been around a lot longer than, you know, than that, but just a black metal band uh, from upstate New York and uh, the dark funerals, of course, the legendary dark funeral. Sure. So uh, full packed evening, you know, no one has to like go sit at the bar for a band or like hang out in their car or anything. They could, they could just check it out and enjoy it. And after that um, we have a run that we're doing internationally that has not been, not been announced yet okay. uh, that's in september of this year um for a couple two couple, two few weeks okay. and then we have a headlining tour which hasn't been announced yet but i will tell you it's uh november december at the end of this year okay uh, where we're taking out three other bands we, we have a headlining set so we'll have full production headlining set nice. length which is like hour and 10 hour and 20 minutes which is <laughs> you know <laughs> right. and then um yeah it'll just be the full deal so moving on into next year we'll be 
Uh, probably another U.S. run. I don't know if it'll be headlining or support, but we're trying to work on that. And then probably stuff in the EU um, early on in the year. Uh, we're still figuring all that out and, you know, just little pits and pieces. So, I mean, plus, I mean, we got, you know, you have to think when you're releasing a record, you know, there's a ton of time related to the manufacturing of physical products. You have to figure in X amount of time, right. you know, for that to come out. So you have to, the unfortunate reality of things today is, oh, we just put out a record. Well, have you started thinking about the next one? You know, right. it's just like, ugh, another one of those. <laughs> You know, kind <laughs> right. of things but you know we'll see what develops you know we're, we're going to be working on stuff um whether in person or remotely and you know working on it independently and then come together and hopefully uh, make some progress so we're very, busy very good man well dude obviously you know we're talking about it the new album is called terracite it is fantastic it is cattle decapitation and uh josh where should we tell people to go online to keep up with you guys and tour dates and all that stuff um, just our, our cattle decapitation.com, um, all our social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, I think Travis, I think we have a Twitter. That's not bad. <laughs> I don't know if we have a Twitter. We do. We have Twitter. Um, and then, uh, the news sites have been very good about, you know, picking up, uh, information about us, giving tour dates and all that. But, uh, yeah, our.com is pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty much just tour dates, maybe a few, a okay. little bit other information, but our social media, Facebook, Instagram are all very active and right. you know if want people want to get any sort of current tour you know or merch or any other information um any merch store.com is our our merch site um okay. so just it's linked on all the uh socials so they just pop on there if you're in a, getting merch or just want to check out the uh array of wearables there you go nice well one more time the album is called terracite it is cap cattle decapitation and um josh i thought we'd wrap this one up with a scourge of the offspring which is the uh current video as of this taping that is out mm -hmm. so why don't why don't you tell us about this one to wrap it up yeah this this song is kind of a i think it's a key example of uh something we started to try to do about 10 years ago um you know with our, our record that came out previous to monolith and humanity was harvest floor and it's, you know, probably the nth degree of our sort of, so one of the fastest of the band that's the super like crazy, a million notes, super scronky and, you know, technical and just sort of like the wheel's going to fall off sort of sound. Right. Um, after that, it wasn't a reaction to that, but it was sort of like, hey, let's, you know what, let's just try to edit and make things a little more concise. And like, here's a song, let's not go off on these detours that may be unnecessary uh, musically. So... I think that's the trajectory we started with and have been going at since Model of Humanity. Well, here we are, you know, 10 years after that record, 13 or 11, 11 I'm sorry, 11 years after that record. And uh, I think uh, Skirt to the Offspring is like the sort of epitome of that strategy. Um, you know, it's not super, there's not 50 different parts of the song. It's just only you know, a handful of parts, but it's like there's just how they build and the layering and just the vibe stuff that's what kind of adds that depth um, so you have you know a pretty chunky heavy beginning and you know some right. little more mildly techie you know guitar stuff here and there on the verse and then you know you have this chorus which is like all i think mean, for me what i'm playing on that just all this layering and then i have some effects like almost a cello effect on the guitar so you have this like i said like a soundtrack kind of quality right. to it um and then travis does his you know his kind of signature sort of people call it the goblin or the witch or whatever, you know, voice, but he's, he, that's all over and you give him space so he can really stretch on that part. And that's, that's what he did. So it seems people are really, 
you know, if you look at comments and hear people talking to us about it, they're just like, man, I could listen to that song and especially that chorus like over and over and over. So, mm -hmm. yeah, thank so you. That's, awesome. what we're, that's what we're going for. <laughs> just re something you can revisit and don't like with other type, you know, other types of extreme metal, not just bring out just to go, wow, that's crazy. And then you don't remember it two seconds later. It's more sure. about the velocity as opposed to the actual song. So, you know, I mean, yeah, like I said, we have a million songs that just rip at a million miles per hour, but uh, this is one that's like a slight step back. It's heavy, it's chunky, but it has that chorus to it. So we just, you know, like I said, it's the kind of, not in point, but just sort of evolved version of what we tried to try to do like 11 years ago. Right on. Well, let's check it out right now. This is Scourge of the Offspring. It is Cattle Decapitation. And Josh Elmore, thanks uh, so much for joining me here on Chris Aker Presents. Absolutely. All right.